Tom Moran here from Tom's Big Spiders. We're going to do a list this morning. Now, I tend to shy away from the list only because, and this is my disclaimer, any list anybody comes up with, especially something that I come up with, is totally subjective. This is based on my opinion. This is not fact. I wouldn't sit here and debate people on this type of thing because it's more for this one especially. is going to be more for fun. But I've done lists in the past, and I usually always have the caveats that, hey, this is my opinion. There's nothing written in stone. There's no rule. I am not an authority on you know beginner species or intermediate species. What I do is try to put together something that makes sense and that relies on not only my own experience but experience of other keepers i'm not you know an island here i realize other people keep stuff and that there's going to be different opinions so i usually try to go out and look and see what other people think as well so it's not just one guy giving his opinion i think they can be fun i think people enjoy them i enjoy doing them heck i've been making lists since i was a kid i used to like you know comic books and my brother and i would make all these lists of comic book characters and whatever and you know horror movie villains whatever it may be they're fun but this is more of a fun one and you'll see why in a moment because there really is no right or wrong answer So over the course of the past several years, I've had many people ask me, what do I think the hobby staples are? Which are the species of tarantulas that you feel like having some experience everybody should have in their collection and I've kind of steered away from this one because it's kind of there's no way to really put a scientific or a functional slant on this one it's basically going to be my opinion so there's no way I can sit there and go all right this is it this is the be all end all list of species of tarantulas you have to keep in your collection at some point or you're not a real keep it obviously just doesn't work that way however over the course of the years there are as I've you know developed my collection picked up more animals talked to more people there are some that kind of come to the forefront as far as i'm concerned is ones that you almost expect to see in people's collections they're almost like they just seem to find their way into a lot of collections and so with that in mind i kind of came up with a list of some that i think are pretty obvious and then some that i think no collection is complete without and again those will be the ones that it's just kind of my opinion and i'm trying to basically force what I believe down your throat. No, I'm just kidding. Basically, it comes down to those are the ones that I think everybody should try out, and I will try to explain why I think people should keep them. Also, I will be doing these in order from kind of the quote-unquote beginner species up into the more advanced species, because I do think that, you know, for some people, you'll never get into keeping old worlds. That's totally cool. I understand that. But for people who start keeping advanced species, there are, I believe, some species that should probably make the list as well. So once, if you're somebody that's like, you know what, I don't need old worlds in my house, and I've talked to several people that just either aren't interested in them or because of their current living situation, they're not in the cards right now, totally understandable. But I am going to go into some of the other species, not necessarily old worlds, that are more advanced that I think you should, you know, I expect to see in collections. That's basically what this is about. So to start it off, number one, I've always stood by this, would be what used to be the Brachypelma smithy. Now it's the Brachypelma hammeri. Although if you have the real smithy now, they're so similar, either one of them would work. But this spider to me has always symbolized the hobby. It was the spider most used, like when you'd see motion pictures where they break out a tarantula to try to creep somebody out. You know, somebody's walking in a haunted house and all of a sudden, whoa, there's a a bee smithy sitting there on the wall because that's what tarantulas do. They hang out in haunted houses. This was usually the one that people used because it was recognizable. It showed up on camera. You'd see it in the covers of books and magazines. Um, I've often told the story that the first tarantula I ever, ever saw in person was at a pet store, a local pet store that my father would visit. 
and they had it basically in the center of the store in a large aquarium and something in retrospect that was probably not appropriate for the spider because it was way too big but I was fascinated with this animal and when I got into the hobby as I started picking more and more species up this was one that I really really wanted and felt like I needed like that was kind of a stepping stone for me and obviously that's all made up in my own head that you don't need one of these animals but I do think they are you know they they have all the good qualities of a good beginner Plus, they're attractive. A lot of the beginner species, people will complain, like I always put at the top of that list, the B. albopelosum. Now, I think they're adorable. If you get the ones with the you know big curly hairs and the, the dark undercoloring, they're a gorgeous species. And I do think everybody kind of needs a B. albo. But people can complain that, you know, it's just a brown spider, and that's what everybody pictures. Now, when you break out your hammeri, that's a little something different. Those orange tones and the yellows and stuff on the legs, they just look gorgeous. And as they get older, they tend to sit out in the open, so they make an excellent display tarantula. And so this is one I think everybody should have in their collection. And again, everybody can debate me on this one. I'm not going to get into a big debate about it, but this is one of the species I kind of expect. And, and having talked to a lot of new keepers, it seems to be the general consensus is a lot of them can't wait to get their first one. And they live, you know, they, they live forever. They're easy to take care of. Just a lot of good things going on as far as a spider is concerned. Now, a personal aside, if you don't get one of these, one of the ones I really like that you can kind of substitute for it is the G. pulchropes, Gramostola pulchropes. That's a species I absolutely adore. Is the more I, the longer I keep them, the more I like them. Again, another slow grower, one you're going to have forever. They put on really decent size, so that could be kind of a trade-off and one that I think people, the Chaco Goldeny. I remember the first time I heard the name, I just thought it sounded really cool. But when they get older, with that darker, you know, those darker colorations with the gold on the knees, they're a gorgeous species, very easy to take care of, tough as nails. Like you really kind of have to work to kill one of these things. So that's another one that could be an alternate. Personally, I will always have one of both in my collection. Quite frankly, with the Polkropies, I have, I believe, five now. I had one sent by accident, one was sent as a freebie, and then I had two I bought as slings, and then I picked up a juvenile later on, and I had always intended in getting rid of a couple or trading them off or giving them to somebody, but I love the guys, and I don't want to get rid of them. So those have a special place in my heart. But if it came down between Polkropies and, and Hammerai, I would probably go for Hammerai just because it has been the face of the hobby for so long for so many people. Now, the next one up is still a beginner species, but they have become ridiculously difficult to get a hold of, and that's the Uathlis species red. There's another name for them, a homeomo species fire, I believe, is the other name, which will probably eventually change that, but it, there's nothing official yet, so call it whatever you like. Little adorable dwarf species that I feel like everybody should own at some point, and partly due to the fact they have the most remarkable personality of any, and I'm using the word personality, of any tarantula I've ever kept. They are so inquisitive. This is the species I talk about. I don't handle, as a rule, I'm just not a big big into handling. I really don't have a need to. However, these guys, I end up with one of these in my hand usually once a week because as soon as I open their enclosure to feed them, they just calmly walk out. I'll put my hand there. They calmly walk on my hand. Sometimes they'll just sit there in my hand. Just an amazing species and one that I think even people that have been keeping for a while could appreciate just because you normally don't see this level of we'll say, quote-unquote, tameness in tarantulas. Some of them are tolerant of holding. Uh, certain species have a good reputation for being tractable. I think of Bialba pelosum. Some of them are very tractable. But they start off kind of skittish, and some will report adults that aren't particularly you know, keen to being handled. The Uathla species across the board seem to be like this. Everybody I've spoken to, for the most part, I think one person had one that was a little bit wild. 
That's it. No threat poses, no kicking here, no scrambling out of the way. They just calmly walk into your hand. They will walk up your arm. Really kind of an incredible animal. And one that's still, you know, I've been doing this for a little while now. I've kept, oh God, I think we, we added up well over 100 different species of tarantulas over the years. And this is still one that I always want one in my collection. Now, the reason I didn't put them first, and one of the reasons this was originally my top beginner species because of the tractability, but since then, a couple things have happened. First off, they're no longer importing the adults or juveniles out of Chile, which unfortunately a lot of the specimens that were making it into the hobby and being sold, you'd get a lot of adult specimens and they were relatively reasonable for females. Most of them were wild-caught specimens that were being exported out of Chile. They no longer export them out. So now what we have to do is wait for somebody to produce slings in the States so that we can get the babies. And the slings are absolutely tiny, tiny, tiny. They can fast, uh, they can hide, they can be very difficult for somebody new to the hobby to keep. And unfortunately, the slow growth rate, the propensity to the fast, the fact they are so tiny, I think kind of takes them off a beginner's list for some people. At least people that are just getting into the hobby because they can cause people fits. I get a lot of folks that get them in and I get frantic emails like, dear Lord, I didn't realize how truly tiny these were going to be. So that kind of keeps them off the top of the beginners list. And I think the top of this list, but I do think it's a species that everybody should own at some point and definitely an adult at some point. So they can observe and experience some of those amazing behaviors that make these guys so popular and attractive to folks in the hobby. So next up, you've been keeping for a little while, you've got some experience under your belt, and you want to graduate into one of the you know higher-end beginner species. The next one up, I would say, would be, for me at least, the Caribbean Versicolor. These guys are amazing as adults, just absolutely stunning. There's nothing quite like them out there. Fluffy, just a myriad of colors, beautiful, beautiful tarantula species. Many talk about theirs being very, very docile and laid back. Mine's a little more flighty. I definitely wouldn't have this one, you know, try to hold this one, but they are gorgeous to look at. They are relatively hardy, and I say relatively because for years people were keeping them super moist, and I think that was causing a lot of problems, these stuffy cages. This is a species there's a lot of misinformation online about, and a lot of care guides that tell you you have to keep them high humidity, so what happens is people put them in a little pill bottle, don't put enough holes in, soak the substrate, and next thing you know, you have a dead sling. So I do kind of put these more on the intermediate level as far as tarantulas, but this is a species I think everybody should own at some point. Personally, I find them to be absolutely stunning. They're the type of thing that sits out, you know, they do some heavy webbing. They're usually right out in the open, and if you're going to have people to your home and show off your tarantula specimens, this is one that usually people do not believe is a real spider. Just that combination of, you know, fluffy 80s hair volume volume to them and the colorations are just really stunning and really unique in the tarantula world and as these guys are arboreals for many folks these will be their introduction to arboreal species they're a nice stepping stone to arboreals because although they are arboreals they lack the attitudes of some of the other arboreal species some of which we'll get to in a little bit so i think they're a wonderful stepping stone there this was my first arboreal species i remember panicking because i'd never kept an arboreal before in fact when i first started doing my research on tarantulas and trying to figure out what i was going to get i was actually surprised to find out some of them lived in trees yep that's how clueless i was about these guys so this was my first arboreal species and it did kind of hook me on arboreals i just love you know they they offer so many options as far as setups they're beautiful 
the ones that sit out in the open, it just looks so neat and natural to have them in the fake foliage or real foliage if you're somebody that's doing the bioactive enclosures right out there in the open. So I would definitely say everybody should own at some point a Carabina Versicolor. They're just beautiful, gorgeous, uh, unique, and can be good beginner species for some people that get the right information and learn how to set them up correctly right off the bat. Now, next one up, another hobby staple, and I think another one that probably gets shown almost as much as the bee hammeri would be the Acanthoscuria geniculata. This one's been obviously in the hobby forever and just has a beautiful appearance to it. This was one of the more unique tarantulas. I, the, one of the first times I saw one, I was absolutely floored by the appearance of it because I had had my G. rosea, and I had seen a couple other species of tarantulas, but I remember being at a show, and the guy had this big, must have been a female, probably seven inches or so, because they are a hefty species, sitting in a tank, and it just looked amazing. Those stripes are just gorgeous, and this is one that a lot of people, I've done the beginner's list, and a lot of people have said this should be on the beginner's species list, so I'm going to put it on my list eventually. I can always tweak the one on my website. Unfortunately, the YouTube one, that's pretty much set in stone unless I redo the whole thing, and maybe I will someday. But this is one that when I opened it up and said which species should be on here, a lot of people came forward and said this was my first. I think they're amazing. They eat great. They grow quickly. They're relative, most, okay, we'll see many people report that theirs are relatively laid back. The reason I kept this off the list is I had one that was a little bit flighty, could throw some defense postures. A lot of people will report that theirs have great appetites and that can be a little bit scary. Plus, they're one of the larger spiders. So for somebody just getting into the hobby that's used to seeing, you know, G. roseas and pulchropies and albopelosums. This one offers a step up, I think, in terms of its behaviors. The hairs can be nasty if it kicks hairs. But obviously people have spoken, and this is one that's incredibly popular for beginners. And I think for people that maybe have come to the hobby after keeping other exotics, they would probably have no problem with it. But again, one that I think everybody should keep at one point. I don't have one right now, and I'm actually kind of embarrassed about it. I had people asking me if I could do an update on their care and I don't have one at the moment so I will be filling that void in my collection because again I got to practice what I preach here and I'm saying everybody needs one and I need another one as well so the age of should definitely be on people's list and everybody should try keeping one at some point especially folks that are going to start getting into the larger species like the formictopus the pamphibedia species maybe therophosa these are good stepping stones to those as well so I think they're not only beautiful they're not only popular but they do serve a purpose in that they can be a nice little build up to some of the other more advanced species you might be eyeing. And along with the A. geniculata, we've got to mention, obviously, the Lasiodora parahybana, which it seems like everybody starts at some point with one of these. They are, I think, can make a great beginner species. Again, kind of toward the little more difficult end of the scale, and only because of the fact that they can be quite big. Uh, although folks will talk about them getting to 10, 12 inches, I believe that you could probably get a 10-inch specimen, a 12-inch specimen. If that, Maybe there was one out there. I, I, I would believe it if there were, but nobody can seem to prove it. But they are a big spider, and that can be intimidating. They also grow quickly, which can, you know, somebody that buys a sling could have a big spider on their hand before they're actually ready for it. But I do think the ease of care is ridiculously simple. I mean, this is a species that does well moist. It does well dry. They, they're great eaters, very easy to grow up. They're like bulletproof as far as care goes. So I think in that respect, it makes a really good beginner tea. But I think the majority of people 
have one of these in their collection either right now or have had one in their collection. They seem to be kind of one of those ones that attract a lot of attention because of the supposed size they get to. I think what happens, and this happened to me as well, you get into the hobby and bigger is always better. So you're thinking, I really want one of these tea blondies, but those are a little difficult. Tea stermies are a little difficult. However, here's this salmon bird eater that apparently gets just as big, and I've heard this so many times before, and they grow super fast, and, I, and they're just easier to keep, easier hairs, they're, they're more calm and laid back. So people will pick these up as their first quote-unquote giant spider, and I think that's how a lot of us get them. Now, unfortunately, they're not going to grow anywhere near as fast as a Theraphosa species, and most cases they're not going to get anywhere near as big as one but you're still going to have a big hefty spider on your hands which for a lot of people is enough and because most of them are laid back as adults and most of them abandon their burrows after they put on some size you're going to have a very big spider that's going to sit right out in the open so everybody can see it so you know part of having these guys I think is when you entertain guests having them over and showing them your collection and there's nothing more boring than whipping out a bunch of tubs of dirt and being like well there's there's a beautiful spider spider in here some of these ones that sit out in the open you you want to have those showcase pieces to be able to show your friends and go this is what i keep this is why i keep them look at this gorgeous beautiful specimen so i think lazy adora parahibana should definitely be on the list i think they're much beloved in the hobby and a lot of people would agree that everybody should keep one at some point or another now the next one up would be the c cyaneopubicins or chromatopelma cyaneopubicins or more commonly known as the GBB or G, uh, green bottle blue. Uh, this is one I just, you know, some of these on the list I could probably go, eh, I guess I could see your point. Nobody needs this. You can get this. It, they're just unique. I mean, with the exception of D. diamantiensis that uh, look like you know, smaller versions of the GBB. There is literally nothing like them. They sport so many cool colors. The, you know, metallic green carapace, the metallic blue legs, the orange seda on the abdomens. They're just nothing like them. They're gorgeous. They are fantastic eaters. They sit right out in the open. They produce copious amounts of webbing. So you're going to have a, basically a beautiful, colorful spider sitting on a mountain of white, which really makes them stand out. And talking about showcase spiders, these guys impress. The first time I whipped one of these out to show friends, they were stunned that there could be a tarantula that color. Now, again, these are one of the quote-unquote beginner species because they are so hardy and because they're attractive and they are new world species, so they don't have that potent old world venom. However, they can be very, very fast, especially for somebody that's new to the hobby. I don't find them to be the fastest tarantula I keep in any way, shape, or form, but a lot of people that are used to keeping the slower-moving species find these guys to be ridiculously fast. Uh, a lot of people will ask me, like, hey, I'm thinking about getting a piece of Letharia. Are those faster than my GBB? Because that one's really fast, and I think piece of Letharia are much faster. But that tends to turn people off or freak them out a little bit. They can also be a bit ornery. Mine went through a stage where for about two molts, so of course maybe two years or so, a year and a half, they were rather ornery. Threat poses, if I even bumped the enclosure, they would kick hairs without the slightest provocation. It, they became kind of nasty for a little bit. Both of them have since molted and their attitudes have changed again and now they just kind of sit there and they're very laid back. But that could freak somebody out that's new to the hobby and hasn't kept spiders before. They go to open the enclosure and the thing's kicking hair and rearing back in a threat pose. But they are just amazing. Like, I will always have one of these in my collections. I think they're in my collection. I think they're readily available. They're a little pricier as far as slings go, but I think that speaks more to the demand for them. Everybody wants them. And it's funny because we I recently did a video with several YouTubers, Tarantula Cat, Petco, 
um, a bunch of YouTubers, we did a video and we were trying to figure out a species that we could all talk about that we all keep and it ended up being the GBB because everybody seems to have one. So I think this one is definitely a hobby staple. It kind of falls right in that line between beginner and more intermediate species. But I think for a lot of people, it ends up being a stepping stone to keeping the faster uh, old world species because it's your first glimpse at a spider that will bolt, that will throw up a threat posture and that can move rather quickly. But Absolutely, GBB has to be on any list talked about as far as species you should have in your collection at one point or another. Now, what would a Tom Moran podcast or video be without me somehow working in Formictopus species? Yep, I'm going to put them on here. Formictopus cancerides, I do believe, is a species. And I, and I can say this now with some more authority because when I first started doing Tom's Big Spiders, I kept singing these guys' praises. I unfortunately almost passed on them. Well, I did pass on them several times. There were ones available at, uh, I believe, Swift's had them and Jamie's Tarantulas had them. And I read the description. It was like, big brown ornery spider. I don't want one of those. What is the point? Who wants a big ugly brown spider? It wasn't until I picked up those little blue, first two little blue slings, immediately fell in love with just how voracious their appetites are this, these were the first tarantulas I'd ever seen chase something down and basically roll over with it in their in its grasp trying to take it down it's just amazing so I do think that they have a lot to offer and I have seen their popularity rise over the past few years I do take every opportunity to sing their praises and I think for folks that plan into uh, on getting into some more ornery species or into some of the giants these could be a good stepping stone so for example you may have kept an LP for a while it's pretty laid back next step may be to get a can uh, cancerides they grow pretty fast right up until they hit about five inches or so then they slow down down a bit. As adults, they are always out in the open. However, these guys can have attitude, and I think for many people, it's a great, again, we talk about the stepping stones, a great stepping stone to keeping something like an old world that may stand its ground and throw up a threat posture at you rather than bolt. But I do believe they they get misclassified as just big brown spiders, and I've gone through this ad nauseum. They're not. The color changes they go through from slings to adults are astounding, and even if they do have some of the brown shades on them, there's going to be some burgundy in there, some pinks. They're not just big brown spiders. So I think these guys are wonderful ones, and I'd love to see them. This is my little push, individual push, to see these guys in more collections, and I love getting emails and people posting on videos when they get them. It seems like a lot more people are giving them an opportunity now, which is great. So now you've kept an avicularia species or maybe a carabina versicola like we mentioned earlier and you're looking into getting into some more arboreals. The next one on the list, this is a tough one because I honestly feel like three species would fit this category perfectly. But I, I'm, I, we're going to go with Salmopius cambridgei or Salmopius armenia. Or Salmopius pulcher. I don't know. I, I'm having a very hard time narrowing this down. And hopefully some folks chime in what their beliefs are. I think Cambridge Eye are underrated. I think they're an amazing arboreal species. Mine grew fast. Had a great appetite. Is very active. Is always out in the open. Uh, my Armenia is a little more shy. And that's why I had this one when it came down to it. Trying to figure out which one of these everybody should keep. If you're going to start with a Salmopoas. I went with Cambridge Eye because mine tends to be out in the open more often than my Armenia. Now, Armenias are stunning. If you've seen the Armenia with the black, jet black color, those orange chevrons on them, there's nothing like them. Gorgeous, gorgeous species. I just, I talk to a lot of people that either have ones that hang out in the open or ones that they rarely see. And at the moment, I have one that I rarely see. So that was in the back of my mind. But I think we could argue at any point here, one of the 
Psalmopoeia species is a great one, a great stepping stone to keeping, you know, Pesolotheria. A lot of people want to keep a faster New World arboreal first and one that might have a little bit more attitude to prepare for Pesolotheria. So these guys are stepping stones in that regard. But they're also awesome spiders. And I think as far as arboreals go, having the nice big seven-inch black spider with chevrons or the Cambridge that has almost that foresty green-brown, just it's a color that doesn't pick up well on camera but when you see it in person is just stunning great spiders as far as just affordable easy to find easy husbandry and just look gorgeous and again stepping stones for some of those more ornery ones so for folks looking to get into the tapanakinius species these guys would be a good place to start because i know a lot of folks look at those T. gigas, and orange is a beautiful color, but they can be quite nasty. These guys will help prepare you, especially with the rehousings of what it's like to deal with a faster arboreal tarantula. And as far as folks that think GBBs are fast, these guys will show you what speed is. So again, in their own right, I just feel like you should own some type of Psalmopoeus if you're into arboreals, because a lot of people... That's one thing I've realized, and I was like this for a while. I had ignored arboreals for quite some time. Several years, I only had a couple in my collection. Then when I got into them, I was just floored by them. So if you're into arboreals and that's where your collection's going, definitely you need to get yourself a Psalmopoeus in there. I'm going with Cambridge Eye, but I have a, lot, a funny feeling a lot of people are going to chime in and say Armenia or Pulcher. Now, as far as folks that buy terrestrials and want big spiders, the one I think should be in everybody's, or everybody should at least try one at some point or another. I know some folks aren't keen on them because they fall under the big giant brown spider category, but Theraphosa sturmi or sturmi, whichever way you want to pronounce it, I think everybody should experience one of these at some point. Those of us that get into the more advanced spiders definitely should try keeping one. Just an amazing spider and one that I don't think you can truly appreciate until you have a massive adult on your hands. A lot is said about the giant species of quote-unquote bird-eating spiders and a lot of species are talked about as being big and large and you know you talk about formictopus you talk about pamphibedia species you know big spiders these guys just take the cake the growth rate is outstanding like it, you just can't even imagine how quickly these guys will go from inch and a quarter slings to big giant beefy adults and it's not just that their leg span is big which it is you know they are easily and this is one of the species that can easily hit 10 11 even 12 inches across and i have seen people with molts that are up to 11 and a half 12 inches spread out with a tape measure which means the adult could be even bigger so i have seen large specimens of these but they're also thick body they're just massive massive animals Personally, I find them to be absolutely fascinating. I have not, it's one of the few spiders that can still create that sense of awe that I used to get when I was just getting into the hobby, still had kind of a phobia of them. I, I kind of missed that feeling of being like, oh, that's a big giant spider. These guys still, when I look at them, are just amazing. So I think for folks that are into the big spiders, the big terrestrials, your final stop on that, you know, quest to get the big ones would be the Theraphosa sturmi. I think that would be a great one to have in your collection. Again, as we get to the end of this, it, it depends more on people's experience levels and what they want to keep. So people that don't want to keep arboreals aren't going to want the arboreal ones. And some people maybe move away from terrestrials or don't need a big giant spider. I totally get that. But for people who want a large spider and appreciate a massive animal like this, definitely you should have a Theraphosa sturmi in your collection at some point. 
So now for the folks who decide that they're going to get into the old world species and particularly the old world arboreals, and that's, I got to put this in there because I know there are some folks I talk to, they're like, I'm just never going to get to that point. But for those of you who are going to get into the old world arboreals, I think one that should definitely be checked out and should be in every collection is the Heteroscrodra maculata, the HMAC or the what is it? Something like the ornamental baboon, whatever. These guys are stunning. Now, granted, I'm impartial to black, white, and gray tarantulas. I just love that combination, especially if they have some of that bone white on them. It just really makes them pop. And again, this is a species that some people aren't going to want because it does have a reputation for being rather defensive and nasty and not reluctant to bite. However, they, they've just been in the hobby forever a lot of people, they're very easy to come by. A lot of folks, if you go and check out the stores or whatnot, the vendors will have HMAX in stock, and they're usually rather cheap. They grow quickly. They can be a little finicky as slings. I think the problem is they. a lot of folks talk about them being kept dry as slings. They do need some moisture. But as they get older, they can be kept dry. They're kind of arboreal slash. They'll do some digging and webbing behind, kind of like the piece of Lotharia that we will get to in a moment. And just an awesome spider, and it seems to be one that, like the OBT, that attracts a lot of attention of people new to the hobby as the one they eventually want to own. That's the one they're working toward, for lack of a better term. They get into the hobby, and they see this species, and they're like, man, that one's really nasty. I'm going to own one of those someday. Because it's kind of like that one that lets you know you're there. You're now keeping the advanced species. So... I do think a lot of people work toward getting one of these. I know when I first got into the hobby, I immediately saw pictures of them, thought it looked gorgeous, but then I read some more about them and how they could be defensive and they were fast and the potent bites, and I decided I was going to wait for a while. Well, that while ended up being several years until I finally picked up a sling, and then at the same time, right around the same time, picked up a young adult from a pet store that was in a bad situation, and I love both of them. They're just gorgeous, gorgeous spiders, and ones that I think for folks that do get into the old world, you almost need one of these guys in your collections now again they can be reclusive mine doesn't come out all that much anymore i have one that's out quite a bit one that's not so it depends on which one you get and for a lot of people that's a big turnoff but they do some neat webbing they just when you do catch them out it's just stunning and like a little mini event in your collection like oh my gosh the ace mac is out billy loves that spider so i'll call her in when that one's out she's always trying to check it out either of them so again great species and definitely one i think that folks that get into the old world arboreal should keep Now, the next one up, I tried to narrow it down, but we're going to keep it, we're going to go with the vanilla flavor on this one. The next one, I think, of people that are going to get into the arboreals, especially the old world ones, everybody should keep a piece of Letharia species at some point that's keeping the old worlds. I, I obviously love this genus of spider. They are my favorite spiders by far. It's just, they're like a league of their own. Billy and I always joke that there's like my tarantulas and then there's my piece of Letharia species. So obviously, I'm not particularly impartial on this one, but... I do think everybody at some point or another should, you know, that gets into the old world should pick one of these guys up and give them a try. They are gorgeous animals, fast growing, great eaters, hardy as all get out. For years, people thought you had to keep them moist at all times. A lot of folks keep them dry with a water dish now, and they do perfectly fine. And I think part of that's due to the place, the, the fact that they come from places that they can have droughts and, you know, the rainy seasons, dry seasons, they're used to that, they're adaptable. As far as one species to narrow it down to, Pisolotheria regalis will go with only because it's one of the, it's not one of the super large ones. So Rufalata can get very, very large or not, it can get large. And there's folks that talk about having ornery specimens, which could be kind of a turnoff. We'll go with one that is 
widely recognized as having a more even temperament. They are stunning. The females with those black, white, and grays are just absolutely gorgeous. They are usually out in the open. Mine is almost always out in the open. There are boreals, so you can create a beautiful little arboreal environment, and you will have this giant spider that, again, there's nothing quite like the shape of these guys. They're very very sleek life and just move unlike any other tarantula that's currently available. Unfortunately, I think pokies get a very bad and undeserved rep uh, in the hobby because people constantly talk about the bites and how potentially dangerous they could be. Obviously, they're not going to kill you, but they're going to make you miserable. And I think there's a, a large contingency of hobbyists who've been around for a while that don't want to see a bad bite go public and threaten the hobby. So they try to dissuade beginners from getting one of these species but i think what ends up happening is in the process we demonize them so they get a very bad rep so a lot of people don't check them out and i think that's why they're not as popular and i've talked to a lot of people since you know doing a lot of public stuff to try to change this perception of them that have said that theirs are some of the most predictable spiders they keep the bite is always there and you always got to keep it in mind but i do think they get a bad reputation because of the potential of a bite not saying there aren't nasty specimens out there ones that can you know put a hurting on you but I've kept several of them. The majority of them do not deserve the reputation that they've got. So now finally, for the last one, this should be no surprise, but a species I think everybody should own. In fact, I think everybody should own four, five, six, seven, and keep them all in the same tank, if possible. The Obviously, I'm talking about the Monocentropus balfouri. I've kept these guys for years, and not only are they absolutely stunning spiders, but generally speaking, they're more laid back as far as the quote-unquote baboon species are concerned. You may get a threat posture out of them, but it's usually fangs down, and they're more scared of you than you are of them. And most, if given an opportunity, would rather retreat to their burrow than stand ground and try to be nasty with you. And, of course, anybody that's followed my channel and my videos, I have a communal, and the communal with the nine Balfouri has been one of the most amazing things I have ever done since setting that one up and basically documenting the whole thing from picking the cage to setting the first cage out to putting the slings in to the rehousing to the males maturing, all this stuff. And I've been hearing from a lot of folks now that are starting their own communal. So I think for many people, this becomes a big high point in the hobby to get some Balfouri to see this communal situation on their own. Now, obviously, when housing tarantulas together, you always run the risk of some type of loss because of the fact they are wild animals. And although I have found that my Balfouri get along great and the majority of people that I've spoken to have had great situations as far as their communals go with them getting along and living peaceably, keep in mind there's always that chance that something to go wrong. So you need to keep that in your mind. But I do believe with this species, more often than not, you're going to have a good situation if you decide to keep a communal. And again, you've got a communal of one of the most gorgeous species of tarantulas available. Those creamy white body colors with the blue legs, they are just stunning. The pearlesque uh, sheen on the carapace just has to be seen to believe. So you've got a gorgeous, gorgeous specimen that can be kept with a bunch of other gorgeous specimens. It's just you can't lose as far as they're concerned. So I do feel like as for folks that get into the old world species and honestly for folks that are kind of like eh, i've been keeping for a while i'm looking to get an old world species but i don't know which one to get you should have an embalfori in your collection and if you can afford it and if you are you know are up for it maybe even an embalfori communal in your collection i think those are something i'd love to hear more of and see more of out there and it sounds like more people are giving it a try which is great and finally just to close this one out a spider that 
isn't one that I can say honestly should be a hobby staple or one that should be in everybody's collection because it doesn't really have the uh, popularity to warrant it at the moment. But one I do think more people should try would be the Bumba Cabocla. Love those guys. I've got several of them, four of them now. Three females, one unsex, and just such a cool, unique spider. They look almost like true spiders with the pointiness of their legs. They do get, uh, there's been people out there that have been saying they're dwarfs. They're not dwarf species. I have one that's like four and a half inches. It's not going to be a huge spider, kind of a medium-sized spider, but they are impressive looking. That black with that like deep red, burgundy, sometimes pumpkin orangey carapace is just stunning. They are great eaters. They grow pretty well at a pretty good clip and just look great in a collection. They sit right out in the open. Mine are always out where you can see them. Just pretty, pretty spiders. So that's just my little nod to Bumble Caboclo. I was going to put it in this list, but I really can't. It's not one that's been around for as long, and it's not. It's one that I have a lot of people go, yeah, I've kind of eyeballed them, but I'm not sure. I've heard they're really small. They kind of look like house spiders. They do kind of have a look that looks like a true spider, but they are quite, they're decent size. You're going to have a good-looking larger spider on your hands, and one that uh, unfortunately isn't in as many collections, so it could be a kind of a cool one to point out to people when they come to visit and when you go to show off your collection. But Bumbacabulka is one I'd love to see more people picking up, and those of you that have them out there please feel free to chime in and if you have one and tell me about it and how much you like it and hopefully there are some other bumba cabocla fans out there and just the name's fun bumba cabocla come on it's amazing so anyway that's my list of ones that personally i think and again this could grow there's probably things i've missed usually when i do one of these lists as soon as i get everything said and done and start editing something pops into my head like oh man how did i forget this i'm sure other people will chime in and i'd be curious to hear what other people say because this is always something i can update in the future and share some species that other people said. Maybe there are things that people flat out disagree with on this one. Maybe there are things that people think should be added. Let's have some fun with it. Let's hear what people think. Which species do you think should be added to this list? Which species do you feel like should be in every collection? Are there species that you think I shouldn't have included? I'd love to hear feedback on this one. We could definitely do a fun one where we update it in a future podcast and talk about what everybody else thinks are the hobby staples. So that'll about do it for this one. Again, guys, this is very very subjective. This is just my opinion. It is not set in stone. I'm sure other folks will have ones to add or ones that they don't agree with, but it's just this is just my list. So again, it's fun. It's supposed to be enjoyable, and it's supposed to be something that hopefully will trigger a little bit of discussion and maybe a little um, polite debate. So again, that'll do it for this one. If you want to leave a comment, I will be posting up the link on Facebook. That's usually where folks comment on these guys. And obviously, if you haven't checked out my YouTube channel, feel free to go check it out. It's Tom's Big Spiders. Or you can check out my website, which is tomsbigspiders.com, which has a lot of information for people just getting into the hobby and a lot of husbandry information on various species. I do need to get my button gear, finish up some new articles for that one that I've been working on this summer, and get that one updated. So as usual, thanks so much for listening. I'll be curious to hear what some of your comments are and see who gets added to this list because we can definitely do an update on it in the future.